where people are brutalized um, almost daily. There was live rounds shot at our, our homie's car, um, two live rounds, one rubber bullet. They could have died. Um, you know, it really is uh, a serious undertaking to come here. And if you're coming here with this misconception that, you know, it's all going to be round dances and, and drumming and singing, which there is a lot of, and that's beautiful, but also that, you know, we are in a dangerous place. We are in a precarious spot. Um, the the police who are supposed to serve and protect most definitely are not doing their due diligence on that and in terms of the people and they're in fact vilifying everybody um, online and in social media and so basically when people come here when they're listening to the call out they need, you need to come prepared they need to come prepared with um, really good warm weather gear they need to come prepared they need to be physically you know active because being cold means you have to move around a lot um, it's definitely not a place to just come and chill and relax at uh, because there's a lot of work to do here we are have a very small time frame left where we can actually stop this drill from going through and so you know one ask that we could make is that when people come, they come prepared and armed with that knowledge and they also come prepared with skills, skills that are going to get them, you know, through the days here because some days it, it can be hard, especially in the cold. And if you're unprepared mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, then uh, most definitely it's going to be a difficult um culture shock being here because it's not what a lot of people expect and you know if you're you're busy and your boots are on the ground and you're working really hard um and then people come in and they just want to you know basically have an experience but um we don't really have room nor time for that kind of tourism at this point in the game maybe in the summertime that was a lot easier but right now um due to you know the the imminent impending um drill that is right now being shipped to us uh, we don't really have time for those kinds of um you know games and and yeah. it's really escalated the the environment has gotten more harsh uh uh, uh as far as weather and climate wise as well as repression wise and I think uh, you paint a more detailed picture you could kind of see the division of labor between the work that Callie says she's doing helping to orient people which is shaking them free of some of these uh, misperceptions and the work that uh, you're doing thank you for that that clarity now thank you so much for being with us Gwen. you know what how do people get a hold of you you can get a hold of us on Facebook, West Coast Women's Warrior Media Cooperative, Red Warrior Camp, or Ancestral Pride. All of these are pages. They're easily searched. And, um, you know, feel free to, at any time, inbox um, any questions or comments or uh, offers of donations and support. Hey, Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, hey, oh, yeah. 
You're listening to KPFK. 90.7 FM Los Angeles. 98.7 FM Santa Barbara. 93.7 San Diego. 99.5 Ridgecrest and China Lake. And for the world at kpfk.org. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves County Radio, a special live program. I'm one of your co-hosts for the hour, Larry Smith, and our special co-host for the hour, Shannon Rivers from the Akmar Otham Nation, and Marcus Lopez. Hello, everybody. And we're going to have a full hour as we're uh, reaching uh, Chauncey Peltier to talk about uh, international political prisoner Leonard Peltier's health condition. The executive clemency, demanding executive clemency by President Obama for the release of international political prisoner Leonard Peltier and the forthcoming Peltier Week uh, being held in Washington, D.C. from December 4th to December 10th of this year and ending on December 10th, which is the United Nations International Human Rights Day. And in the second half of of our show, we will hear from Two individuals who returned from Standing Rock within the past few weeks to talk about some of the highlights and what's been happening out in the Standing Rock Sioux Nation and the surrounding area. Now, Larry um, and Shannon, thank you. Welcome, everyone. And we want to thank everybody for your past donations here, American Indian Airways, KPFK. The, um, we, uh, we're also expressing the... Um, um, the notion and also the the, the um, thanks but no thanks about Thanksgiving and everybody already ate probably their dinner and with their family and whatnot but uh, in, in order to describe this American myth and so hand in hand with that we'll give you a really one hour packed program on um, on the issues of the day and so we want to connect the dots if you will. Yeah, Marcus, um, you know, one of the things with today and this, uh, as we're talking about this master narrative, as so many people um, understand in, you know, in terms of, quote unquote, Thanksgiving, and we were talking about censorship and propaganda. And when it comes to Standing Rock or it comes to the struggle to get 
executive clemency for international political prisoner Leonard Peltier, there's absolutely no media coverage, no mass media coverage of these critical issues. Just like with the mythology behind the Thanksgiving holiday, there's no truth to what historically happened. What people end up believing or what they do believe are the myths and the lies. And I think one of the, uh, the uh, I know the books that we use in our premium, that we're going to continue using the premiums here when we have fundraisers for KPFK American Indian Airwaves, is the notion, Larry, of this, of this, um, this myth, uh, Shannon, this, this talking about this American myth, American, uh, uh, this me- mythological uh, presence of American Indians, uh, your view, Shannon. Well, thank you, uh, Marcus. Thank you for you and Larry for having me on the show, and I appreciate uh, the time. America exists in this uh, place of um, denial and constantly uh, props itself up as being the leader of democracy, the leader of freedom, the leader of uh, rights and responsibilities. Um, so we we constantly hear. Uh, about how good America is. And for indigenous peoples, we know the true history of this country. We know their occupation. We know the genocide uh, of our people, not only in this northern hemisphere, but all throughout Central and South America. We know that the role that the military has played in areas in Guatemala, in throughout Chiapas, uh, throughout um, throughout North America, and we know that the occupation of these lands, of our territories, has all been predicated upon by their greed. And so America is a greedy nation. They continue to be greedy. They continue to be these cannibals who want to take our resources. And the only way that they take our resources is by fabricating a story. And that story is one that has to be bought and sold. And for the most part, Americans have bought bought that story uh, very readily. And for us, as Native people, we have to come and continue to express ourselves and tell the true history of this holiday, uh, so-called holiday today. Um, And I guess one of the things that I want to recognize is that we don't see it as a holiday. We see it as another day. We don't see... Uh, cooking as a celebration, we see uh, cooking as a prayer, as a ceremony. And for us, as indigenous peoples, our mindset, the way we think, the way we act, is completely different from that of Western society. So we ourselves have to recognize that the stories of America have been made up on, for, on so many levels. And I hope that today we open this show and we recognize some of those stories and those myths and debunk those myths. I think it's so important what you're talking about um, because we see these occupation, we see these denials, like we talk, like you said, we see the role of the military within the borders and within other areas within Indian country. And that, be, that being said, um, the conditions and the role of Native peoples now. Uh, has it changed much, Shannon, since, um, since uh, this um, realm of what people think about this uh, this mythology of uh, thanks taking and at the same time, the American dream? 
So I, you know, that that's interesting that you say, you know, the idea of the American dream, the idea of American dream is based around capitalism, is is based around the taking of one's property or ownership of property. And the idea of ownership with indigenous peoples is not the same as um, as Western concepts. And so it has not changed. We see an, a large increase of uh, folks, our people being incarcerated, uh, black and brown bodies being um, uh, being housed and warehoused because of um, what they what they're labeled as criminal um, environmental activist or uh, just simply being in a in a in a poverty situations. Poverty has not changed. In fact, poverty has increased. Uh, our education levels remain low. Uh, alcohol and drug addiction remains high. Um, those are systemic issues and predicated upon the colonization of our lands, territories, and our resources. And we have joining us live on the air. He is the eldest son of Leonard Peltier, and he joins us on the special live broadcast of American Indian Airwaves to talk about his father's health condition and the demand for executive clemency and the forthcoming Peltier Week in Washington, D.C. from December 4th to December 10th. Welcome to American Indian Airwaves, Chauncey. Chauncey Peltier. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me on your your show. Um, my name is Chauncey Peltier. My Peltier's oldest son. My father's a Turtle Mountain Chippewa. My mother's a Fort Todd Sioux. And um, past two years, I've uh, been really campaigning for Leonard's clemency. Uh, past three years since I've uh, been visiting my father, um, pretty much lived in Oregon. Uh, when I was a child, he told me to go to work and live my own life and try to stay out of a lot of this. And uh, about three years ago, I went and visited him and asked him how I could help him, and I became the director of the art. In the past three years that I've been visiting my father, I've been seeing his health issues getting worse and um, not getting any better. He's in a maximum security prison, 72 years old, on one of the biggest rights violation cases in history. And... Um, his health, he's, he's uh, had a mild stroke in there before, his diabetes, he's got diagnosed with an aneurysm. He's uh, 72 years old and he's in a, a Coleman Federal Maximum Security Prison. It's pretty much a, a, a young young man's prison there, a maximum, pretty much a gang prison, I'd call it, I guess. You know, I go in there and I visit my father and I look around, a lot of these guys are 20, 30 years old, and I... And I realized, you know, that my father and other guys in there at that age, uh, imagine it's, you know, it's tough enough for a guy 20 or 30 years old to survive in a place like that with a little guy 72 years old. You know, and Leonard, um, we've been really campaigning and we committed clemency a year ago. And, um, you know, we're really um, been campaigning, updating a lot of people. A lot of people come to my vendor booths and say, you know, I thought that Clinton released Leonard. Um, no, he didn't release Leonard. They, they usually sign the petitions and do anything they could do to help. Um, you know, um, a lot of people, um, however they can, they've been, really been high up and up the past year. And uh, the reason it's so important for us to um, call and support Leonard right now and support a clemency for him is because of his health issues. And this is one of the best chances 
that Leonard has of getting out on one of the biggest rights violation cases in history. Uh, Leonard's been long been incarcerated for 41 years, and us taxpayers have been paying to keep this man long been incarcerated for 41 years. Uh, if you go by what Judge Haney has, Haney has said, um, there's no evidence of this man doing this. The 90s, you know, they had Democratic and Republicans, Attorney General. So there was no evidence of Leonard doing this, and he would be set free or retried. They won't honor any of their own, um, <clears throat> their own rules. The justice system, if they went by the justice system, and uh, Leonard would be a free man. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the federal guideline, um, the federal guideline laws said that Leonard was due to get out in 2013. They went on to that. So I mean, um, you know, Leonard's 72 years old. Every time I go visit him, he tells me he just wants to go home and paint and look on his colors. Mm-hmm. His political days are over. He's an old man. He's been in there. His health is health is very poor. Um, it's not getting any better. He's, he's got grandkids he's never even seen, you know. And um, most people that, you know, know about Leonard and people that don't know about Leonard have said, you know, even if the man did do this, he's did more in his time, you know. And then you educate them and say, no, Leonard, Leonard's in there on the biggest rights violation case in history. The people can't believe he's still in prison or in prison. So, I mean... Um, I'm holding up uh, President Obama accountable. Mm. You know, he is a law professor. He is an attorney. He picked the law, the justice system, for his career choice. He knows Leonard has been wrongfully incarcerated for 41 years. He knows Leonard's rights have been violated, and uh, he's a political prisoner. So, I mean, for him to not set Leonard free is not honoring the justice system uh, and correcting, you know, a long, Leonard's been long incarcerated for 41 years. I don't know how he's going to expect American people to uh, uh, abide by and respect this justice system when we have a law professor that is a president that uh, that won't even fix this long incarceration. So, I mean, that's why I'm holding Obama accountable, Hmm. you know, um, if he had picked any other career choice, you know, it, w- it we wouldn't be looking at holding him uh, credible for, uh, you know, liable for leaving Leonard in there if we don't release him. Mm. Because that was his career choice, a law professor. He knows the law. He teaches the law. The attorneys, police officers, whoever takes up these courses, he's teaching that. And I'm sure he knows of how many people have wrote up essays, projects on Leonard's violations and cases over all these years. So he knows that Leonard's been wrong from the first year. And what this is, this is the retired FBI association hmm. that uh, 41 years ago, these guys couldn't even convict Leonard you know, on, uh, on the av- all the evidence they fabricated, you know, they couldn't even, they couldn't even come up with good fabricated evidence to, uh, um, keep keep him incarcerated. Well, they have, but they were so bad at it. Look at all the evidence come out. You got the Democrats, the Republicans, and the Attorney General, and judges, and everybody looking at this case and and realizing this is the biggest rights violation case in history. You have FBI agents perjuring themselves, 
tampering with witnesses, corroborating statements, and threatening people's uh, livelihood and uh, never being able to see their kids and their mother and their family to incarcerate somebody. That's why there is so much interest in this case over all the years, and that's why everybody is asking for freedom for life. Mm-hmm. So um, it is time now. If you ever was a supporter of Leonard Felt here, he needs your help now more than ever. He's 72 years old. And we need to really amp up the calls on the White House, writing letters to the White House, and asking support of Clemency for Leonard. This is what Obama is out. This is what we need to give. This is all we got left. We, uh, we got the, the clemency submitted. Um, that's all that's left is uh, petitions, the calls, any events we can um, get involved in and, and educate people and, and get these calls and these letters to the White House and ask support of clemency for Leonard. We want to let listeners know they can call the White House at area code 202-456-1111. That's area code 202-456-1111, or they can write the White House at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C., 20500. Now, Chauncey, uh, it's been 40, over 41 years since the wrongful incarceration of your father, who outside of the United States is internationally well-known as perhaps the most popular international political prisoner in the United States. And a lot of time has gone by, and a lot of us don't recall the conditions that led to um, the wrongful incarceration of your father. And so for people that are unfamiliar with um, the history, could you give our listeners a, a short history of what happened and what led up to the wrongful incarceration of Leonard Peltier? Between 75 and 76 on the Pine Ridge Reservation, there was a gun squad running around. And it was uh, Dick Wilson, the president of the uh, Pine Ridge Reservation, and a bunch of half-breeds. They were financed and armed uh, by corporations because they wanted to take over the Black Hills. Just like Standing Rock, um, you know, I think praying every day today that they ain't killing the people at Standing Rock like they did in the 70s when they were trying to take the Black Hills. For a year, it was called the Reign of Terror. There was uh, over 150 Native Americans murdered and mutilated, and there was never no investigation, never no arrest. And this was known to be the goon squad and the feds because they were on the sell off all the land for the corporations. And um, so they, this goon squad was running around kicking the doors in on Grandma and Grandpa because uh, Dick Wilson had got um, voted out of being the president of the, um, the Pine Ridge Reservation. So him and his goons were running around kicking the doors in on Grandma and Grandpa trying to get them to sign the Black Rover way. And they had asked AIM American Indian movement for protection, just like the Black Panthers were protecting their people, the Brown Berets were protecting their people. We had American Indian movement was in. So when they went back there, they were they were uh, helping the elders cutting firewood and mowing lawns and doing whatever they needed to do to help them. And one day, uh, two unmarked vehicles were chasing a, a red pickup on the reservation. There was a firefight occurred. And after all the smoke cleared, they had realized they had shot out with two FBI agents when 
when everybody on the reservation seen these two guys shooting at the red pickup, they assumed it was the goon squad murdering a couple more natives, so they all come out of their houses and started shooting at the two on my vehicles. Well, that's when it turned out to be a couple of FBI agents, they all scattered. And when they caught four of them, they let one go because they didn't have no evidence on them. They caught Dino Butler and Bobby Robinson, and they brought them to Kansas where they got an actual fair trial to plead self-defense, and they actually got acquitted because of the reign of terror in that era that was going on. The murder and the mutilation of the Native Americans between 75 and 76 was going on. They pleaded self-defense, they got acquitted. So by this time, the FBI was so frustrated and mad, somebody had to pay for their agents. That's when they started falsifying evidence, corroborating witnesses, falsifying statements. It goes on and on from there. And they were going to make sure they got their man innocent or guilty, and that's when they, how they, that's when they framed Leonard on this. Well, after, uh, after Leonard was tried on this, with all this fabricated evidence, um, Eight months later, there's a ballistics gun. It comes to find out that the FBI went in there and perjured himself from the, the ballistics. They withheld evidence that would have, would have um, um, got Leonard set free. I mean, um, this is why Leonard's in prison, because they fabricated all these evidence. They messed with the witnesses. If they wouldn't have did that, Leonard would have got a free trial. If he would have been with, you know, Bobby Robert, he would have went free. So... This is, you know, this is this is how Leonard got um, framed, uh, set up for these two murders that he never did. I mean, you look and you mentioned about other countries. Leonard has people all over the world that support him. He has presidents of countries that support him. Look, when Reagan was president, they got 14 million signatures from Russia alone in support uh Freedom for Leonard Puckier. When Reagan was asking um, Gorbachev about human rights, Gorbachev said, well, what about Leonard Puckier? He didn't want to talk about human rights no more. So, I mean, that's why, you know, you don't have doctors, lawyers, attorneys, and judges supporting this man, you know, if he's a guilty man. They know about all the fabricated evidence. They know about the ballistics. It's all right there. You educate yourself. Go to whoisleonardpeltier.info. It's basically a dictionary on this whole scenario. And us taxpayers have been paying to keep Leonard Peltier wrongfully incarcerated for 41 years. And it's time for this man to be set free and go home. Good, uh, Chelsea, good evening. It's Shannon Rivers. I just wanted to tie in or ask you to tie in what's happening in Standing Rock with the media representation of uh, the stories that are coming out of Standing Rock and the lies that the Morton County Sheriff's Office continually um, tells uh, the rest of the country and how the mass, the main media, is not portraying the story. We know that during Leonard, Pills, Pierce, uh, uh, Leonard Peltier's case that the media portrayed him as a killer, as someone who was running from the law, someone who was uh, guilty already in the media. How do you see that kind of playing out today with Standing Rock and um, and, and your dad's case? Well, I, I see it the same same way, you know. Um, the, um, the sheriffs in North Dakota, they're basically the goon squad. The only thing they ain't doing different is they ain't murdering us. 
They're still mason. They're still letting dogs bite people. They're using water cans on people at, at uh, freezing, definitely freezing to freeze. Use some water on them. I mean, they're basically the higher game squad this time. You know, they are why. Uh, so far in America, we have the right to freedom of speech, and we're supposed to have the right to protest. And I don't understand why the state police ain't arresting them, or the FBI ain't arresting them, because they are up there violating all these people's rights. Right. So far, we have the right to do all this, and why ain't they getting in trouble? Why, I know they're cops, they're sheriffs or whatever, but they're supposed to be, uh, I want to say state police or the FBI, that are supposed to watch over the citizens. Why ain't the National Guard going in there and arresting them for, for doing this to the citizens? The National Guard is supposed to protect us, American citizens. Why ain't the National Guard in there arresting these sheriffs, doing this to these people, protesting? I don't understand this. It's because the corporations are paying this. They have more power than anybody. Evidently, they have more power than the FBI. Evidently, they have more power than our president. Because they ain't going to look what they're doing and they're getting a rip, um, away with it. Now, I'm hearing that some media person got shot in the head with a rubber bullet and is, and is in pretty bad shape and could die. Now, it's, why does somebody have to die before this happens? We are the taxpayers of this country. And it don't matter. That's why I've been telling people. Some guy asked me the other day, well, how come these Indians up there raising hell about this pipeline? I said, you need to educate yourself. They are up there fighting for all of our lives. Well, how do you see that? Well, what are you? You're 90% water. They're up there for trying to protect all of our waters. That's the circle of life. That river going to another river and to another river. You think it's only 18 million people that goes into the ocean, destroys the ocean line? It comes back around, it comes around, goes around. That's what karma is. That's why Native Americans have been paying for to say, I see you come here, the circle of life, everything's round. When I was a kid, he was just when Christopher Columbus came over here, he thought the world was flat and he was going to fall off the planet. That's the Native American indigenous people from all over the world, but don't know it's round. So, I mean, that's how confused they are. They want to destroy all the water. When we're 90% water, it don't make no sense. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out. It don't matter what color you are. We need that water to survive. I have an SUV. I have maybe a gas hog vehicle. But you know what? I need that water more than I need that oil. I don't want to go back to walking, but I need that water why need that oil? I mean, it don't take no rocket science to figure this out. Why are we destroying ourselves? Why are we letting the corporation destroy ourselves? And it comes to every human being on the planet needs to pull their head out of their BS and, and realize that we need that water to survive. Now, 30 years ago, my elders told me, one of these days you're going to be paying for water. And I wasn't disrespectful. But I called BS on them. Now I look at what I say? That elder was right. Now I'm paying for water. Chauncey, now I think I'm you're... Looking, now I'm looking and I'm thinking, what are my grandkids going to be paying for water 30 years down the road? And that's what thing, one thing that you said that's so important, Chauncey, and that is the freedom for Leonard Peltier. It's not just his personal freedom. He sacrificed because they asked 
many of the people down there to defend the water, defend the land, defending treaty rights, defending um, the Lakota people that they were asked the American Union Movement to go over there. And, we're, uh, and people need to do their history. Look at the Wounded Knee 1. Look at Wounded Knee 2. Look at the situation. Yeah. Like between March of 73 and March of 76, extensive clashes between the Wilson Goon Squad and supporters or members of the American Union Movement resulting in 66 documented violent deaths and 200 murders overall. And the majority, if not all, I think it uh, uh, comes to mind only two cases where anybody got tried. Anybody could have tried those murders. So people do have to do their homework. And that's why we're, we, you, uh, we're over the air talking about the freedom for Leonard Peltier, freedom for your, for your father, because he was a warrior out there defending the people. He wasn't out there just because he wanted to be, because the elders asked him for, for self-defense, for the people were are being assaulted, just like the people, the water protectors were being insulted, uh, assaulted by the military uh, and paramilitary forces today. Then back in seventy three to seventy six, it was a rain of terror. No ands, ifs, or buts. Uh, Chauncey, uh, before I ask you this next question, you you talked about your dad's physical health, and we didn't talk about. Uh, your dad's spiritual health. And before I ask about that, I want to direct a question to our special uh, guest co-host uh, for the hour, uh, Shannon. You've had a long history of uh, working with incarcerated indigenous peoples. And I was wondering if maybe you could speak to uh, the criticalness of indigenous peoples' well-being in the prison system and having um, good spiritual health. Thank you, Larry. I yeah, I do work with um, the inmates in uh, three prisons in the state of Arizona, in Florence, Eloy, and uh, Northern Arizona. Um, so, I I know the critical uh, part of being connected, uh, Chauncey, to um, the ceremonies, to songs, and uh, especially to purification ceremonies. And for several years, and for many years, I've watched your dad, and I know Lenny Foster, his spiritual advisor. And I just wanted to to say that for me, the the criticalness of someone's spirituality is what's going to heal us and continue uh, to give us the strength in uh, these incarcerated uh, in these uh, facilities that incarcerate our men and our women. So I wanted to ask you, uh, Chauncey, is the spiritual um, uh, condition of your dad and and how is he holding up? I know he accredits that his uh, strength to the ceremonies for the last um, you know thirty forty years uh, being behind bars. How's how's your dad doing uh, in that um, in that realm? Well, I, I think he's doing um, um, very good. He's still a very spiritual person. Um, he still reminds me. of Respecting our elders, and he still tells me why to do those sweats and, and uh, use that medicine in the right way and to keep it with me. Um, I feel my father's a very spiritual uh, person in our indigenous cultural way, and uh, I don't think they'll, let, they'll never be able to play that from him. He's a very strong man. Um, I've been, you know, I asked him if he was sweating in there, he said he'd been sweating in there. Um, yeah, you know, he, he still, I know he still does every, everything he can, mm-hmm. 
in our spiritual culture way. Um, I, I, they'll never take that from him. Well, I just want to say that your father has always been a hero to me and my family and uh, all the work that he's that he's done uh, prior to going in and being um, wrongly uh, convicted. Uh, we love your father. He is the symbol of us and our resistance. He is the strength behind us, and his freedom is, um, is, is important and will help indigenous peoples heal tremendously. And we, we call on President Obama and all other forces um, to to help uh, free your father. So, Chauncey, um, Peltier Week Decem- in uh, the first week of December, ending on December 10th, International Human Rights Day in Washington, D.C. Talk about that. Yeah, for uh, uh, December 4th, December 10th, we're having Leonard Peltier Week in D.C. And for uh, every day of the... Um, the week where we got an event planned for Leonard, um, candlelight vigils. Um, we got some big. Uh, we got Martin Jarvis and a bunch of attorneys at an event that's going to show up. Um, it should be just a full, uh, full week of events in DC for Leonard. Um, we're asking everybody and anybody to show up and, and, and show your support now. Uh, Leonard really needs your help now. Uh, we need to we need to show Obama that he has the supporters out here. Every time he's asked, uh, been asked about Leonard, he says he wants to see the supporters in the United States. And uh, like I tell a lot of people out there, Senator Booth, these uh, petitions we sign don't roll over with every president. We have to start over with everyone. And a lot of people don't know that, and they come right back and sign the petition. So that's why I've really been pushing the petition and the letters to the White House. Mm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Chauncey Peltier, thank you so much, uh, for joining us here on American Indian Airwaves, uh, County Radio. I will post, um, information, uh, on the Peltier event as well as, um, contact information for the White House, for people to call, for people to write in, as well as, uh, uh, information on Leonard Peltier and, where he's incarcerated, so people can send letters of support, can send uh, cards uh, articulating their support for Leonard. And Chauncey, thank you so much for joining us here on American Indian Airwaves. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. At times they were kind, they were polite in their sophistication, smiling but never too loudly. Acting in civilized manner, an illusion of gentleness always fighting to get their way. While the people see, the people know, the people wait, the people say, the closing of your doors will never shut us out. The closing of your doors can only shut you in. We know the predator. We see them feed on us. We are aware to starve the beast is our destiny. The times they were kind, they were polite, but never honest. We see your technological society devour you before your very eyes. 
We hear your anguished cries exalting greed through progress. While you seek material advances, the sound of flowers dying. Carry messages through the wind trying to tell you about balance and your safety. But your minds are chained to your machines and the strings dangling from your puppeteer's hands, turning you, twisting you into forms and confusions beyond your control. Your mind for a job, your mind for a TV, your mind for a hairdryer, your mind for consumption. With your atom bombs, your material bombs, your drug bombs, your racial bombs, your class bombs, your sexist bombs, your ageist bombs, devastating your natural shelters, making you homeless on earth, chasing you into illusions, fooling you, making you pretend you can run away from the ravishing of your spirit. While the sound of flowers dying carry messages through the wind, trying to tell you about balance and your safety. Trying to isolate us in a dimension called loneliness. Leading us into the trap. Believe in their power, but not in ourselves. Piling us with guilt, always taking the blame. Greed chasing out the balance. Trying to isolate us in a dimension called loneliness. Economic deity seizing power. Through illusions created, armies are justified. Class systems are democracy. God listens to warmongers' prayers. Tyranny is here. Divide and conquer trying to isolate us in a dimension called loneliness. Greed a parent, insecurity the happiness companion, genocide conceived in sophistication, technologic material civilization, a rationalization, replacing a way to live, trying to isolate us in a dimension called loneliness. To God, we hope you don't mind, but we would like to talk to you. There are some things we need to straighten out. It's about these Christians. They claim to be from your nation. John Trudell here on American Indian Airwaves County Radio. Uh, in our second seconds, in our second segment of tonight's show, we're joined by two special guests. And we will have, at the last 10 minutes of the show, before we introduce our next two guests for the hour, um, a call-in. Uh, the last 10 minutes of the show at 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735. The call-ins is for the topics of the show, and that is Leonard Peltier and the Dakota Access Pipeline. Questions only, and uh, I know a lot of people want to do some statements, but just questions. If you don't have any questions, we'll just cut you off, folks. And uh, welcoming to the American Indian Airways in the second half of our show. She is from the Salagi or Cherokee Nation. She's an accomplished indigenous film producer, director, and actress. She's produced featured films and documentaries such as Tallulah, uh, which is available on Netflix, and the documentary Trudell, as well as executive produced indigenous films such as Winter in the Blood, Young Lakota, and Apache 8. Heather Ray, thank you for joining us here on American Indian Airwaves. Thanks for having me. And our other guest for this uh, segment of the show, he is a senior human relations consultant and violence prevention specialist for the Los Angeles County Human Relations Commission and a decolonial educator in Los Angeles and is Chumash and of Mexican descent. Fidel Rodriguez, welcome to American Indian Airwaves. Hey, good evening, everybody. 
Now, Fidel and Heather, you both um, traveled out to Standing Rock. And uh, Heather, we'll start with you. Talk about your trip out to Standing Rock when you were out there and what did you experience? Well, Fidel and I have both been going back and forth since the beginning of August, since people started gathering there. And I, I would say that, you know, we have seen a lot of different things over the course of the past three and a half months. Um, the camp started out as one thing and has, conti- you know, has continued to change and evolve since that time. I just got back um, two days ago and left, you know, what was a very different camp from, from what began in, in August. Fidel, your experience when you were out there? Um. You know, definitely the same thing Heather's talking about, a, a lot of evolution, I guess, or a lot of transformation of the camp. Um, I would even coin it and, you know, we could say it's, in some instances, it's been colonized. In some instances, we could say it's been gentrified. Um, but really kind of like, we would have to have a whole show to kind of really analyze that. But um, I've gotten a lot of wisdom in my trips there, being able to meet a lot of elders and getting a lot of insight. Um, and then on the other side of it, seeing, I guess, the remnants and not nostalgia, but the reality of, of neoliberalism, of capitalism, of Native American people not being respected, treaties not being honored, um, all for the sake of what forefathers of this country wanted through Manifest Destiny. That was the raw materials. And so when we see what is happening with the militarization of law enforcement, um, which now look like military, that is nothing more than the, you know, the protectors of the military arm of the establishment for raw materials. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot that's going on there. Um, there's some beauty and there's some ugliness that's happening there. Um, but uh, I got a lot of hope. That's the other, I got some optimism. And those optimism aspects came from being able to sit with elders and hear their narratives and hear their stories about the past and what is happening now. And uh, our cultures are strong. Our people are strong. And they're still here and they're still, you know, um, trying to utilize all aspects of our cultures to fight a culture that wants to continue to use fossil fuels to destroy our earth. Um, That's kind of what I've seen in a nutshell. Heather, when you guys were out there... um... Were you out there for the recent um, assault by the uh, Morton County sheriffs against the water protectors where one non-native uh, water protector was severely injured and hospitalized and could possibly um, have her one arm amputated as a result of the concussion uh, grenades that were fired at the water protectors that were closed in? I left that day, just a few hours before that action. Um, But we've both been on actions and our team that we're a part of because there's a group of Native media makers that are there on the ground and have been there since the beginning, you know, that are endeavoring to tell the story. And our entire team was there in that action. And, And in fact, two of the members of our team experienced having one of those concussion grenades go off right in front of them. And the director of the film that we're involved in was actually his leg got got hurt. Um, it was, you know, but but we've been on several actions, and and in each in each case have witnessed the same thing, which is a a disproportionate amount of violence being 
uh, inflicted on people who are essentially there in prayer. And in fact, this past trip, I brought my 14-year-old daughter with me because she was insistent on coming. She wanted to be a part of what was happening at Standing Rock, and she wanted to see for, for herself as a young woman, you know, what this means. And, and, and she was, you know, witness, as, as was I last week, of, you know, grandmothers being maced in the face. I mean, it's, 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 it, the levels of violence have been increasingly, increasingly rising over the past matter of weeks. I do think it has in part to do with the fact that the Morton County sheriffs and law enforcement and even the private DAPL security that's been hired, which is essentially Blackwater, they know that they have Trump, you know, waiting. And Trump himself is invested in, in, in DAPL. And, and regardless of what the Obama administration is trying to do right now with these DOJ and DOI, you know, injunctions or statements, you know, that are against um, the Dakota Access Pipeline, it doesn't matter. They know that what they have coming is an administration that supports them. So, you know, in my opinion, I feel as though, you know, Trump ran for president to get rich. I think he's a failed businessman and that he is endeavoring to make money along with, you know, as, as Trudell would say, the ruling class of ethnic rich, you know, he's endeavoring to make money. And the way to make money at the highest level at this point in time on this, you know, in this country is through energy and natural resources. And well, lo and behold, you know, 80% of energy and natural resources fall on Indian land. So I would call the new era that we're going into the new Indian wars. And, you know, Leonard Palatier is a prisoner of war. Leonard Palatier is a prisoner of war from the Indian Wars, you know, four decades ago, and the same wars will continue. And I think that we're going to see, you know, in, in the coming four years and, and from here on out, a very different kind of Indian war. And I think we all need to be mobilizing and be prepared. Now, um, Heather and Fidel and Shannon here, you've all been over there now. Um, a couple of things, three things. One, they're talking about clearing the bridge. They're talking about Obama stopped drilling, and they talk about demilitarize de, de, de the police. And, and starting with Heather and then Shannon and then Fidel, is this a military state? Is this a military action? And if so, how so? Well, Morton County and the land where the camp is and all the land through which, you know, the, the pipeline is being built is absolutely a militarized state. I mean, the state of you know, of North Dakota has received, you know, um, a, a, an immense amount of grants in order to, to further militarize. I think that they're pulling law enforcement from about 20 different counties in the surrounding area, the surrounding states. And Staple hired, you know, their own private security, which was, you know, essentially Blackwater. And so you've seen, you know, I was witness to a group of people that were in, a, a, a car, a, a line of cars that was leaving in action, and there was a group of people in a vehicle that were being told to leave the area, and then live rounds were fired into their car. There were six people in this vehicle, and DAPL private security began to fire live rounds into their vehicle. And at the point that they finally were able to pull them out, they were inflicting severe violence on these individuals. They arrested them all. And because the driver of the vehicle was trying to pull away, they're now charging him for attempted murder. I mean, it is a deeply militarized state, and, and they're using the criminal justice system to neutralize the people, at least they're attempting to. Fidel, your comments. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say that we've been living in a militarized state. I mean, since the 80s, uh, military surplus has been 
taken from the military, sold off to law enforcement agencies all over this country. Standing Rock is just a symbol of what is happening all over this country. It's happening in Los Angeles. When we talk about LAPD, the Sheriff's Department, Oakland, uh, New York, Miami, San Francisco, Seattle. This is a plan that has been executed, essentially. So it doesn't take much to kind of see the type of equipment you know, whether it's these concussion grenades, whether it's these rubber bullets, whether it's the canisters of mace that we're seeing, whether it's the L-Rod that's being used to mess with people's hearing. All this stuff is, ex, you know, NSA, CIA, demilitarized equipment um, that has been used to continue to suppress any type of movement around the country. It doesn't matter if it's Black Lives Matter or whether it's the protectors at Standing Rock or whether it's any type of people that are fighting for the environment throughout this country, um, that is part of the plan. It's to suppress any type of social movement that is trying to bring any dignity and justice to people. And what you're seeing at Standing Rock, you're seeing a militarization creating human rights abuses. You know, um, Heather brought up Blackwater. You got Tiger Swan. Tiger Swan is owned and operated by somebody who was in Blackwater. You know, they know the type of people that they're bringing into. These are people that were in Afghanistan and Iraq, and they're coming back here to these domestic lands, and they're breaking treaties, and they're breaking aspects within the Constitution of the United States, all under a militarized state. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take much just to see law enforcement, SWAT teams, all these different uh, law enforcement agencies that have been part of a larger plan to militarize the United States. No, Shannon, you've been out there, and in the past we've talked about the militarization of the border. Any parallels between the militarization um, uh, from back home and to your experiences when you were out there in Standing Rock? Of course. So from from Wounded Knee in 73 uh, to 9-11 to O.C. Tok to Kamloops to, um, to Standing Rock, we have seen this ongoing militarization of our territories, our land, and the attempt to capture and restrain our people from uh, simply living. Um, as you mentioned, Larry, I'm from Arizona. Uh, we've seen right after 9-11 the heavy militarization of the Thon Autumn, the autumn border between um, Arizona and what now known as uh, the state of Mexico. And so we constantly see these violations of human rights. And, and when, you, when you try to examine that, we have to look even further in history that this is the constant move of United States and their guilt to try to suppress and to hold down us through oppressing our rights, our basic human rights to exist. And as indigenous peoples, we constantly keep showing this higher level of, of uh, humanity to this country and to the world. And at Standing Rock, you see that. It is based on prayer. It is not based on violence. They keep um, uh, attempting to paint us as violent uh, protectors or protesters. And constantly in the media, in the mass media, that's what you hear from the Morton County Sheriff's Office. What about solutions? I mean, we can call um, the Morton County Sheriff, Kyle Kirchmeyer. His phone number is area code 
3330. That's area code 701-667-330 and demand that him and the entire Morton County Sheriff uh, Police Force stand down and respect the people's fundamental civil and human and treaty rights. You can call the White House and make a demand that the White House step in and protect the people. You can call the Army Corps of Engineers and demand that they do not issue the permit for Dakota Access to be built. What else can be done or should be done? And Heather, I'll start with you first. Well, I think that being in solidarity with Standing Rock, you know, whether someone has traveled there or not, this, this, the uprising, it's a complete cultural revival that has, that is, that is part of what Fidel referred to as the beauty of what's happening there. It has affected people all over the world. And it's, it has, it has moved the hearts of so many. And that is going to stay with us for generations to come. And so to be in solidarity with Standing Rock and be cognizant of what Standing Rock represents, I think, is to be a part of a new future. And the solution, again, I feel like, is that we have to be mobilizing. I mean, it's this new administration is forcing us into a place where we have to be challenging the notions of, you know, how we perceive, you know, the formation of this country. For one, today's a perfect day to be talking about this. I mean, it's, it's, this country is based on a kind of mythology that is completely false. And so to be challenging these things through the systems of education and awareness and, and being, you know, using our intelligence again, as John Trudell would say, and being truly cognizant and then acting on that. We have to be mobilizing. That is part of our future. Fidel, solutions. Uh, absolutely. I just give a... And again, this comes back to history. Why do we study history? You know, we have to have antidotes for historical amnesia. Now, that is the forgetting of our history. One, because we're not taught it, we don't know it. So, pull your money out of banks. If you have your banks in Wells Fargo, if you have your banks in Citibank, if you have your banks in Bank of America or Chase, these are the elements. This is the food. This is the energy that is feeding the black snake. Not only is it feeding that, but it's feeding other type of issues that are happening around the world. If we study history, we'll find out that Wells Fargo was created, you know, during the slave trade. We look into J.P. Morgan to study his history. History is important because it gives us the data, the missing information. History is whole. And if we learn uh, truth is whole and any partial approach to truth can't give you anything but an incomplete answer, we have to go find those missing pieces so we can understand, like, where's our money going? If our money's in chase, then that is part of the issue. We have to start looking at the personal choices that each and every one of us make in this entire country and begin to pull that back and then organize, strategize, and mobilize. And we're going to have to do that on the highest degree now, especially if you start analyzing Trump's administration. Look at his cabinet. See the things that these people are getting ready to do. Trump, I agree with Heather, he's in there to make money. That's what he's in, and he has the byproduct of capitalism, which is racism. Racism, or should I say, is a byproduct of capitalism. It's keeping everyone worried about those issues while he goes and makes his deals around the world. So we have to study history. Thank you, Fidel, for for that response. We want to give um, uh, our callers a chance to ask a a couple quick questions. Um, So I want to welcome Charles from Los Angeles. you have a question regarding Standing Rock? 
Yes, it's involving getting our uh, all of our actions and endeavors as one. So, I hear numbers about calling the attorney generals and everybody else from the White House when I'm listening to the reports, but I'm not hearing any numbers, especially in Los Angeles, as to who's organizing caravans and what numbers or web night sites or whatever we can call. Now, Charles, do you have a question? The question I have is, well, no, I don't have a question. The question is, what can your show do to help us grassroots people who don't have these connections that want to go to Standing Rock hook up with other people? Well, to answer your question, Charles, if you go to the KPFK website under programs and click on American Indian Airways, I've actually provided a list of actions that uh, people can take to support the people out in Standing Rock, there's over 15 different light uh, items uh, okay. and contact information. I, I want to go. So, so you go to the kpfk.org website. Thank you, Charles. And that wraps up our show for tonight here on American Indian Airwaves County Radio. A special thank you to Heather Ray and Fidel Rodriguez and our special guest and co-host for the hour, Shannon Rivers. For Marcus Lopez, I'm Larry Smith. Until next time. against their fear They try not to become what they've endured Wearing their souls on the thread The moment of silence is over Friday, December 2nd, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Homies Unidos is extending an invitation to our Central American newly arrived youth to participate in the Central American Youth Leadership Conference entitled Youth Seeking of Peace and Prosperity. Youth will enjoy the resource fair 